Welcome to Real Estate You with Leslie Ann. And here we are, Jason Hartman. Jason, it's been about four months since we last spoke, just before the pandemic. And uh, at that time, you were telling me that um, debt was your uh, new four-letter word, favorite four-letter word. <laughs> and then we talked about some. You you uh, told us about some market predictions, and uh, and here we are. Tell us about how those predictions went, and what can we expect in the latter part of 2020. Yeah, uh, so good questions, and uh, thanks for having me back. Uh, the The market has been absolutely crazy. Um, the, uh, the The real estate market is just booming, contrary to probably what anybody thought. In in the sense that uh, uh, the the movement, the mass migration that's happening, uh, is overshadowing really any concerns in the economy. Now, when I say the market is great, I don't mean all markets. Uh, As you know, I like to divide markets into three major types, linear, cyclical, and hybrid markets. And uh, now I would also overlay that, Letty Ann, with uh, high-density urban markets and low-density suburban markets. And then the third would be rural markets. Interestingly, uh, those tend to somewhat follow the linear cyclical and cyclical and hybrid discussion though. Um, so uh, we are seeing people leave high density cities in favor of suburban markets and uh, we are really seeing a mass migration occur. I was the first one that I know of in the media to predict this uh, a long time ago, very early in, in and when you're talking about uh, you know the pandemic, you're talking in like dog years. It's like uh, one year for a human is seven years for a dog, right? And that's how fast things are changing, how fast things are moving. And um, uh, that's why it's, it's so significant uh, that we look at really timely news. Now, since, uh, of course, everybody had the concern about social distancing, now they have another concern, and it's a, it's kind of a one-two punch, if you will. Uh, we have civil unrest, sadly, in so many areas of the country, and those are pretty much exclusively in urban areas. So just like uh, being fearful of the virus, being fearful of civil unrest, it's the same environment for both. The danger zone is high density. Urban markets are the dangerous places for either of those things. So if you want to be away from civil unrest and you want to be away from the concern about contagion, uh, move to the suburbs. Uh, If you want to be extreme, move to a rural area. I don't think you need to do that. Uh, The suburbs will do just fine. And uh, there are a lot of great suburban markets to live in in the United States. And uh, we've been investing in those markets and helping clients invest in them for uh, the better part of 16 years. Uh, so, uh, So that's basically what we do is we help people invest in those suburban markets. And how do you how do you do that? Or how can one get some advice and get your assistance in knowing how to go about that? Sure, sure. Well, uh, my podcast is probably the best place, podcast or YouTube channel. And uh, my most popular podcast is called The Creating Wealth Show. And there we just basically teach people how to invest in real estate, how to do it conservatively, prudently and properly. Uh, this is not uh, get rich quick stuff, but it's uh, it's it get rich at works stuff. OK, it's it's not uh, some outlandish uh, idea. Uh, it's just the simple strategy of buying and holding good rental properties over time and uh, creating wealth with them. Uh, so so that's probably the best place. 
but, you know, I have a lot of teachings that I'd be happy to share with your audience today. Um, and, um, you know, I, I guess in terms of uh, the pandemic-specific stuff, um, we have a, a live uh, virtual conference coming up called Meet the Masters of Income Property. And we've done that uh, now. Uh, this will be our 22nd anniversary of that event. And uh, it's the first time we've ever done it virtually, though. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but what that allows people to do, and we've all been doing Zoom meetings, and we've all really adopted all of this stuff. It, it's not the technology is not new; it was there before, uh, but we've all adopted it. And um, uh, it's it's really allowed people to have a lot more options to connect with a lot more people. And um, it's it's great doing a virtual event because it's it's much easier to attract great speakers from all over the world world uh, to participate in the event. So uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I hope it's here to stay. I think it's great. I'm a big fan. And I've been attending a lot of those events. You probably have too. And uh, they're, they're so convenient. You know, you, you sit on your couch or, you know, put your feet up on the desk and relax. And I think and some are done better than others. <clears throat> yeah, well, certainly true. Certainly. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I really think that people want to feel that they're at the conference. They don't want to f have a feeling like I'm in your living room. That's just yeah. my own personal take. Like, yeah. let's pretend we're actually at the stadium or actually at the conference. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think it needs to be treated with some degree of formality. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, people, they, they show up on camera, they look like complete slobs. And, <laughs> uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. I do agree. It should be treated with some degree of, of, of formality. No question about it. Not kidding. One of the main speakers in a, I won't say what the conference was. He was, when they switched to him, he was broadcasting from his bedroom. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I couldn't even hear what he was saying. Cause I was like, I can't understand why he's in his bedroom, but yeah, please, yeah, please tell us it. a little bit more about your conference. The, the scenery was distracting. Was you so know, distracting. I'll tell you, buddy, yeah, that, that may actually be an indicator by the way. And this is something we're going to talk about at the, at the meet the masters conference um, is uh, the, he may have been in his bedroom because that's the only room he may have had available in his house where he could get away from uh, maybe another spouse that was working or kids or, or pets that were making noise or uh, these distractions. And so um, what that really tells us is that people need larger homes. Uh, when, when we talked a few months back, I told you that the home was the center of the universe. And uh, just, just take this as an example, okay? It's a common example. About 30% of the United States. This is kind of a surprising number for some people, okay? You ready for this, folks? About 30%, 30% of the U.S. is people living together, uh, common, common living, platonic relationships. In, in other words, roommates, okay? Roommates. So picture this example. You've got um, a couple of roommates that are maybe young or middle-aged professionals, and uh, before the pandemic, before COVID-19, their life was like this. They worked, uh, you know, a lot at their corporate jobs. They were out at the office. They were out in the field doing whatever they do. Um, they came home. Maybe they changed their clothes. And then they went out uh, for a social thing, right? Or maybe they went to a lecture or a play or something or a movie, right? Mm -hmm. And then they came home and went to sleep, got up in the morning, went to work. They, these roommates hardly ever saw each other, okay? And, uh, and, and, you know, it was maybe like, oh, leave a check on the counter for your half of the rent, right? But now they're at home. 
okay? And that two-bedroom house that they lived in or two-bedroom condo or whatever no longer works because now they're each saying to each other, hey, uh, you know, I need a home office. Uh, And then the other one says, well, so do I. So one of us needs to move. And literally think about it. Think about the significance of that. It's huge. You've literally doubled the demand for housing right there. Double the demand, okay? So you've got millions of people living as roommates now needing to split up, okay, and gain some more space. And they don't need to live in a big expensive city anymore. Um, You know, I have a few friends, and I'm sure you probably do too, that live in New York City, okay? Ground zero for uh, the pandemic, and uh, their their typical story is they're paying like thirty eight hundred to forty two hundred dollars a month in rent for you ready for this a six hundred square foot condo or apartment. My brother okay. lives on the Upper West Side. Yes, I get it. It's crazy. It's absurd. That's absurd. Right. I, I don't know why people do that. <laughs> it's just nuts. It's New York. Uh, New York is over. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live there, even before all this. Anyway. So you've got these two young professionals, they need more space, or now someone, um, you know, just a, a solo person living alone needs more space. They're, they can't go to a gym anymore, okay? They can't go to an office anymore, and they're not going out to socialize. Everything's locked down. And even all, all the desirable things that the city, and whatever city, doesn't have to be New York, it could be any big city, mm-hmm. any big city, why do people want to live there? Well, High-paying jobs, proximity to work, okay? Um, uh, Restaurants, shopping, entertainment, okay? That's why people live in cities. Otherwise, why bother? It's not worth it. And now, all of that is gone. Now, I'm not saying it will never come back. It will come back someday. But this is going to be a much longer slog than any of us thought. And even when there is a vaccine, even after that, uh, people will have... Well, what I predicted last time we talked is they will have a form of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Even after there's a vaccine, there will still be a degree of concern or suspicion about the next pandemic, okay? There will still be a degree of concern about civil unrest. And everybody has realized that the emperor has no clothes when it comes to living in a city. Because if, if, if you're... If you live in New York City and you are one mile from your office, your big corporate job on Wall Street where you're making a ton of money, and now for four months you've been working at home on your laptop, it doesn't matter if you live a mile away or 500 miles away. It's all the same, okay? The, the, the speed of light communications do not care, okay? The speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. Okay, go around the world, the entire Earth, seven times in less than a second. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Okay, you can be 500 miles away, 5,000 miles away. It's all the same, except for the time zone. That's it. So you can easily live in a much less expensive suburban environment. And you're in Kansas City, right? That's right. Okay, so think about this difference, right? You live in any city, New York, San Francisco, Chicago, um, you know, whatever, right? Miami, doesn't matter. You're paying outrageous rents living in a tiny place. Now you can move to a suburban environment and you can get a house that's three times the size 
with a two-car garage in a nice suburban neighborhood for one-third the price. Do you think people's ego will get in? Some people, their ego might get in the way or they want to stay near the ocean or something like that. But well, I, I get your point. There's lots of suburban markets near the ocean that aren't that expensive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be where I'm from. I mean, I live in Palm Beach, Florida now, but I grew up in Los Angeles and lived just south of it in Orange County, Newport Beach area as an adult. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, that's a very high priced place to live. Okay. But but you don't, you, yeah, you could live near the ocean, but, you know, where I live near the ocean, I mean, there's lots of places in Florida near the ocean that aren't that expensive. Okay, in North Carolina, you know, you, these places aren't expensive. Mm-hmm.